It's a great joy for me to be here with you all to celebrate this feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. The Rosary has had a big impact on my life. It began at least with my mother. She has prayed the Rosary every day since she was a child. And no doubt that had a strong influence on my upbringing and eventually in my priestly discernment. And of course, I have a devotion to the Rosary as well. Although it's a bit mysterious, I certainly don't understand it. One time somebody asked me, what is, what is your favorite mystery? What is your favorite mystery of the rosary? And I don't know if you've been asked that question, if you've thought of that. maybe a hard question to answer. I suppose that's kind of like being asked which one is your favorite child. But I thought about it and I said, well, I'm going to cheat, but I'll give you an answer. All, all of the sorrowful mysteries, that's first of all what comes to mind, all the sorrowful mysteries together, in a sense that's the key to the rosary, I think, and perhaps the key to the spiritual life, to the Christian life, to be with our, with our mother, to be with Mary as Jesus goes through his passion and through his death, not just historically, but in each one of us, so to be with her as that happens. But also the, joy, the fifth joyful mystery, the fifth joyful mystery, the finding of the child Jesus in the temple. Because I think there's something there to the pattern of our lives as well, at least maybe just in my life. But I think, I think, I think we can relate to it. The, the notion of we're with Jesus for a while, we're with him, we're accompanying him, and we're in the temple with him, and then we leave him. And we go on about our lives. You know, we go back to our lives. We go back to whatever we're doing before. We leave Jesus. And we don't notice at first that we've left him behind. And we're doing our things. And all of a sudden, we, we realize that we've left Jesus. And this great anxiety come, comes upon us. And then we're invited to do the right thing, which is to run back to him. To run back to him and to find him again. And to be with him once again. And we go there and we find him and we rejoice in finding him. And, and he says, well, didn't you know I'd be here doing my father's business? So he is always doing his father's business. We're the ones that... We're the ones that leave him, but we're always invited to come back to him. But to be honest, the biggest lesson or antidote that comes to mind, came to mind as I was praying in preparation for, for this Mass was this, this silly meme, this silly internet meme. That's how you can tell I'm a worldly secular priest. I find my inspiration for homilies from, from the internet. And it was this meme that went like this. It was this, the child Jesus, the simple cartoon, the child Jesus, tugging on his mother's hand and saying, Mom, 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 Mom. And she finally said, What? And he said, Nothing. <laughs> and the caption was, The first rosary. The first rosary. Jesus saying, Mom, Mom, Mom. What? Nothing. And did Jesus, the Son of God, nag his mom? Probably not. Did, did Mary, the Theotokos, the Immaculate Conception, get annoyed with her son, the Son of God? Probably not. But I think there's something to that, to that image. If we can just get past that little, that little quirk. That image of Jesus just wanting to be with Mary, just wanting to have her attention. And Mary's saying, what? what? What do you want? Jesus is saying, nothing. Nothing. I just want you. I just want your attention. I mean, can we, can we go to Mary with our, with our needs? Certainly. Whatever they are. You know, all of our petitions. Mary, give me health. Give me 
Mercy, Mary, Mother of Mercy, give me mercy. Mary, give me what I, give me help in accomplishing this task, this mission, whatever it is. Sure, all good things. Mary, help my loved ones. Certainly, we can do all of that, and that's all well and good. But to go through that and to go beyond that, to go to Mary, to be with Mary, for that to be the end in and of itself, to go to Mary, to be with Mary, I think that's the key to the rosary, just to be with her. You know, I, I meant to have my rosary out, but... There are too many layers now, I won't try to get it. But you know, to be, be fingering those beads, mom, 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 just to be with her. And I think that's the biggest wisdom or lesson that I learned from the brothers, the Furbum Spay brothers over in Idaho. I lived with them for six months. It was a great gift, a great privilege. And I'd been a seminarian already for a few years at that point. And so I'd been around a lot of seminarians and lots of priests and lots of great parishes, great families. But in living with the brothers, I noticed something of a contrast, which was most of us, we pray so that we can do something else. Even Eucharistic adoration. And it's like, I, I have to start my day with a holy hour so that I can go through the day and weather, weather the storms of the day and do the things I'm supposed to do throughout the day. That's why I have to start my day with the holy hour, so that I can do something else. Fine. But the brothers, I noticed, they never said this to me, but I kind of received this from them. They do the reverse. Like they, they live their life, they do the things in their life throughout the day, so that they can go be with Jesus in Eucharistic adoration. Like, I have to study philosophy so that I can be in Eucharistic adoration. I have to do my chores, my apostolates, so that I can be in Eucharistic adoration. I have to put up with Father Dom, so, no, just kidding. So that I can be in Eucharistic adoration. It's like, that's the end. Not prayers as a means to another end, but other things as means to the end of being with God. And the same is true with Mary. And of course, Mary won't just keep, her, keep us to herself. She, she will lead us to her son. But we don't need to worry about that. She, she's our mother. She'll take care of that. We can just be with her. And that's also the gift of contemplative life, isn't it? Like all, all Christians, we're all called to have this orientation, this disposition to be Mary, not Martha. But contemplative life in particular has this as its life, as its order. Our contemplative life is ordered towards this. And there's a great gift that you all have. It's a great gift, first of all, for you, a gift that God has given you, but then also a great gift that through you, God is giving you the church, a gift that you are sharing with the church, sharing with us, this gift of being with God as its end, not for something else, but as its end. And this is, what we hear, you know, in the, in, in the gospel account of the, of the Annunciation. Right? To be with God, to receive God in our wombs, and to conceive God, God himself, in our wombs as its own end. So I'll just close here with, uh, with a paragraph from St. Bruno from the reading yesterday. Yesterday was his feast day. 
and he was writing here to the Carthusians, and I'll just switch brothers to sisters. Rejoice because you have escaped the various dangers and shipwrecks of the stormy world. Rejoice because you have reached the quiet and safe anchorage of a secret harbor. And of course, he's talking here about contemplative life. Many wish to come into this port and many make great efforts to do so, yet do not achieve it. Indeed, many, many wish to come into this port and many make great efforts to do so, yet do not achieve it. Therefore, rejoice, my dear sisters, because you are so blessed and because of the bountiful hand of God's grace upon you. Therefore, rejoice, my dear sisters, because you are so blessed and because of the bountiful hand of God's grace upon you.